And we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. Me and Ryan back for week seven, episode seven uh, of Survivor season 43. Happy to be back, Ryan. Um, we got a lot to talk about. Last night was, uh, there's a lot going on, that to say the least. So I'm excited to talk about it. Dylan, I'm very excited. Uh, every every minute uh, we get, we make through this podcast, I'm going to dedicate it to uh, somebody else. So I'll dedicate it to my uh, my family, to my dog, to Idaho, to Alaska. <laughs> so a lot of people to um, give shout outs to tonight. And yeah, that's one of the things you got to talk about. There's there's a lot to talk about. So I'm excited to get into it. Uh, once again, thank you to everybody who is watching live. Thank you to everybody who's watching late. You know, thankful for all the viewers as always. Uh, if you're watching, like like the video, subscribe to the channel, really helps us out. Um, but let's get right into it, Ryan. Um, interesting episode. We had Dwight voted out, which I did not see coming at all. I don't think anybody did. Um, and it kind of just like like you were telling me, you were texting me, Ryan. You're like, it kind of just all like happened fast, and we're not really exactly sure how it happened. Like we kind of got a little bit, but not everything. What were your initial thoughts on the Dwight vote out, and what exactly do you think happened? I feel like it, it, it came out of nowhere. I mean, the episode after the challenge was presented to us as, okay, the, the we've seen all season so far, yellow and red, Baca and Bessie want to team up, take out the Cocos, the Blue Tribe, and we're going to split between Ryan and we're going to split between James. One is a physical threat, one's a social threat. Um, oh, but maybe we'll maybe we'll have some people flip against Noel. So it's okay. That's the classic, you know, split with maybe somebody being another option. And then the split falls apart. Then all of a sudden we get a, a quick conversation between Cody and Jesse and there. And again, I almost missed it, but Cody was like, yeah, maybe to weaken Noel, let's, uh, let's get rid of Dwight. Uh, because I think he's kind of sneaky. And I think he could be dangerous to us later and we may not get another shot. And I was like, okay, it's final 12. Okay. But, um, yeah, and, and then all of a sudden the ball got rolling. I'm like, I'm like I don't think it's going to be Dwight, and then it was Dwight. So I guess, Dylan, I'll, I'll pass the ball back to you with the question of, was this the right move for du Jesse and Cody? Because I'm not sure if it was. I don't think it was, and it's funny because Jesse, like, told us why it was the wrong move, right? He, he like, they had the confessional right before Tribal Council, and he's like, Survivor's all about timing. You want to make sure you're not making a move too early. And then he he made the move too early, right? It was like, it, this is why there was like, you know, it feels like there had to be other stuff that was going on, I would think, besides like that they saw um, like Noel gaining power and wanted to uh, make her weaker by voting out Dwight. I don't really know if I buy that, right? Because like, to me, it feels like there had to be something else going on. Now, if you read like Dwight's exit press, obviously this is the positive that we get from doing the podcast a day early is that all the stuff is, you know, a, a day later, I should say, is that uh, all the stuff has come out. And Dwight was kind of saying that he was a target back from when they were in the Vesti tribe and that everyone thought he was really smart, mostly Cody. And Cody kept telling everybody that he was the brains behind everything. And as a result, Dwight is the person to get voted out here. But the 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 editors made us seem like, these four were very, very tight, and they, there was no chance they were going to break up anytime soon. So that's why I'm pretty surprised, and I think a lot of other people are really surprised at what happened. And back to you know you asking about whether this is the right move, I don't really see where. I mean, I guess Jesse and uh, Cody are now going to go with Coco, um, or they're going to go back to what, or they're going to try to go back to whatever they were doing. 
um, maybe team up with Ibaka. Um, but I can't imagine that Noel is going to be so inclined to work with Cody and Jesse after this. Like, how if you're Noel, how do you trust them after this? I wouldn't. I just feel like it op- it opens them up to to some risk, and I feel like in Survivor you have to play with some risk. I mean, it's always about calculated risk. You can't just play it safe the whole time, but you can't be always swinging for the fences in case you miss and you're in trouble. And I feel like in, on this vote, because as we always do, we break down the vote count. I mean, Dwight leaves seven, three to two. And the people left out of the vote besides Dwight, of course, was Noel, Janine, Owen, and Gabler. So basically Noel and all of Baca, except for Sammy, Sammy did flip and he voted out, voted out Dwight. Cause we were also talking and we were saying, you know, are Dwight and Sammy, I'm sorry, not Dwight and Sammy, Sammy and Owen seem pretty close, but they are always voting separately. And I think the exit press, once again, this gave us some more clarity where it's like right before tribal, I think Dwight figured out, okay, Sammy's probably going to flip. And uh, he, he knew the Cocos were going to vote against him and they were trying to rope in Sammy to have an extra vote. I mean, granted, Dwight didn't realize that Cody and Jesse had already flipped because at that point it was way too late. But he thought, okay, well, if, if Sammy goes with the Cocos, they have five. He want Dwight actually wanted to break up the split vote plan and throw all the votes onto James to hopefully get a tie vote at least, and then James could go home. And when he was talking to Owen uh, right before Tribal, they got put in lockdown and said, okay, time's up, time to go to Tribal. So Owen didn't have time to change his vote, and Janine. I guess also didn't have time to change her vote either. So that's why Sammy and Owen, again, were kind of on opposite pages. I, I do just feel like for Jesse and Cody, though, it's like, yes, maybe you can now work with the Cocos. But I feel like Jesse, who is a very smart player, and, he's, and I think he sets himself up pretty well overall, I just feel like he's giving more power to Carla, who I think is the other powerhouse in this game, because now all it takes is for Noel and the Bacas, and you can rope in Sammy if you want, they can just go to the Cocos and say, do you want to just get out Jesse and Cody? Cause they kind of flipped on us. They're not trustworthy. Yeah, we can do that. I feel like it just opens them up to more risk. I like to think that based on what we've seen from Jesse so far in this game, there's other stuff going on that we maybe haven't found out yet. Cause like it doesn't on the surface, it doesn't seem like it makes sense. Uh, obviously the next few episodes will be telling on whether it made sense or not. Um, to me, it's like they had to see some kind of big threat from Dwight and Noel that was maybe pending because like, why do you do it now? That's like something that in my opinion, you just keep in your back pocket and you're like, all right, we know we're going to have to do it, but we don't have to do it yet. So let's just t- do the easy vote, get out James who has the knowledge of power and can legitimately just take the idol from Cody. Right. Let- let's not forget about that. We haven't even spoke about the knowledge of power yet, which Ugh. completely, completely threw a fork in this entire vote. Right. Um, but like, if you're Cody, you keep James in the game. And now James, who, you know, I believe everyone knows Cody has an idol at this point, right? Is so it- I, I found out from the exit press that Cody told, and you're right though, this is kind of why this is kind of good to do it a day later. We kind of get more pieces of the puzzle in there. Right. Cody told all of the Vessi people, he told his own tribe that he had an idol. So they all knew Ellie told Janine before she left and Sammy. I think most of the tribe knows. I'm not sure if Carla, James, and Cassidy, I'm not sure if that contingent knows, but most of the group knows that Cody had something. Um, and then Janine's idol is now gone. So Right, right. And we'll get into that. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say that it's not it would not be difficult for uh James to figure out that Cody has the idol. So look, I can guarantee you that 
after what just happened at Tribal Council, and we'll get into this now, with Janine losing her idol because she had to shift it around for knowledge's power. And by the way, we could talk about that. Those decisions. We, will, oh, we, will, we will, we will. Right. But like, now that people are seeing that Janine lost her idol because of that, is, are people really going to throw around advantages like that anymore? Or are they just going to keep them for themselves and just say, all right, uh, I need to make it seem like I gave it away, but I'm not actually going to give it away or something like that. You know what I mean? Cause like these guys are, these, these players are not going to want to uh, risk an advantage just to avoid it getting taken. If that makes sense. Um, I don't think so. At least after what happened to Janine, it, to me, that would be way too nerve wracking. Um, that being said, the reason I bring that up is to me, I feel like it could be because that happened to Gene. I think it could possibly be easier for James to successfully use knowledge's power later in the game. If he, if he knows the correct information and based on what we know about Cody's idol, I don't think that it would be hard for James to figure out that Cody has an idol or find out that Cody has an idol. So look, there, there's a lot going on. Um, but because of that, I'm shocked that Cody was down to just not take out James. Well, Dylan, I'm going to tell you a little secret. James could use it later in the game. And he would have more power if he didn't tell Carla that he has the knowledge of power, which is exactly what Gio did. And I, I guess what I just I just can't understand what first of all, why Carla is the only person that knows not to say anything about an advantage this season. No one knows she has an idol. Um, especially when we get to uh and we can cover this whenever you want, the secret scene that wasn't in the episode. But she's the only one who hasn't told people that she has something in the game. So Carla gets points for that. And I just feel like each season with knowledge's power, someone has said it and it has actively tanked their game. So I don't understand why people can't realize it's in the name. The knowledge is power, has power if no one else has knowledge of it. If people have knowledge of the knowledge's power, it loses its power. I, I feel like people just don't understand how this works. Yeah. Uh, look, James's game started up here and it's slowly slowly going down i mean that was a crazy move and i, I was talking to him talking to my brother um mm -hmm. after, about the episode last night and he goes if you're james why don't you just tell everyone that you got to steal a vote or something why 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 at least you know everyone knows you had an, you have an advantage right that's inevitable because they literally just put it right in the well and anybody could find it and everybody saw it right so i mean that's that. I again, I don't agree with that at all. Like, what, what, what happened to like finding advantages? Now we just like throw it in the well. That's another story. But um, regardless, everyone knows you have some sort of advantage. Why not just tell people that you have an extra vote or you have a steal a vote or something? Like, I, I just don't understand what the idea is behind actually telling everyone you have the knowledge of power. You could tell other. You could you could lie about your advantage you have and still gain trust that way, but like lie about it because people knowing you have the knowledge of power, like you said, pretty much destroys the fact that you have the knowledge of power advantage. I think you bring up another interesting point though, when you said, is this going to stop people from shifting things around due to uh, knowledge of power, because you can go home with it. And like we heard from uh, an exit interview with Dalton Ross and Jeff, basically, because people were saying like, because again, the editing wasn't clear. It's like, did, do I give it back to her? Does she have it? Did he leave with it? Did she, and, and apparently the rules are that once Jeff starts reading the votes, you're basically like handcuffed. Like you can't do anything else. So the minute it was in Dwight's pocket, it was doomed to go out. Um, and I feel like last season, well, two seasons ago, we saw like the very early stage of this where we saw 
uh, Xander give his idol to Tiffany because he was like, well, if Liana tries to steal it from me, she's going to miss. And if she thinks I'm going to give it to my best friend, Evie, it's also going to miss. So I give it to Tiffany and it worked. And then last season we saw, I, I'm trying to remember, but I think um, Omer got Mike to give it to somebody else. So Drea couldn't steal it. I forgot who Mike gave it to. Maybe it was Omer himself or maybe it was Marianne. But the point is, the point is that um, those are like very easy examples of, I'm just going to give it to somebody else. They played musical chairs, Dylan, with these advantages. Like, you're going to get this, you're going to get this, I'm going to give you to this. And I feel like this, for the rest of the season, because Janine's going to tell her allies, like, I just lost my idol because I, it was in Dwight's pockets. I don't think we're going to see people shifting it around that much. I think I think Noelle is going to go get her thing back from Owen. Um, and then I don't think anyone else will do this. And I think going forward, because people saw how this can backfire, I feel like in – well, 44 won't see this. But I think in seasons 45 and beyond, I feel like people either won't do this anymore or maybe they'll just do like I'm only going give to give it to one person who I know is like, – like for example, Dylan, would the strategy be if Cody's in your alliance – Although, to be fair, Cody had flipped. They didn't, they didn't know it. But if Cody's in your alliance, do you give your advantage to the person who has immunity that night? Because they physically can't go home with it. And, and if they're your ally. Yeah, that that's a good point. I mean, in this situation, you don't want to risk giving anything to Gabler because he's a loose cannon. So that, that, that is a good point. But but like but like you said, if Dwight knew, if Dwight knew that he was getting a lot of votes, why did Janine give it to Dwight, right? And then, and then also, Dwight knew based on the exit press that he didn't tell he knew he was getting votes and he knew he like he said he didn't know cody and jesse flipped but he knew that he was getting a lot of votes he, he knew, knew he was, was getting at least four maybe five he knew it was possible it could be a tie vote or he could be going home janine happened to give him the idol look people have been talking about it this cast seems just like way too nice like if you know that you could not get information to owen or janine before tribal why not just use the idol that's in your pocket to save yourself? And yeah, he probably would have pissed off Janine, but like that's to me, that's Janine's fault. She gave him the idol knowing that he was in trouble, right? So he should have taken advantage of that, first of all. And second of all, Janine should have never given it to him. She should have just given it to Owen or something, even though Owen was already holding Noel's advantage. It was like, I, there was just a lot of miscalculations here. And I, a part of it, I think, has to do with like the fact that like this is kind of, I don't want to say the knowledge of power is unprecedented, but the juggling of this many advantages at once is unprecedented, right? So I think there was a lot of confusion going on. And I think that when she originally gave it to Dwight, he probably wasn't, his name was probably not out there. And then it probably would have been a whole pain for her to ask it back. And then she was afraid that, yeah, exactly. It was all last minute, right? So when, so when Dwight yeah. got, when Dwight got the idol, um, he was probably not on the chopping block, but still I, there was a lot of miscalculations here and a lot of things going on at once. Yeah, I mean, I think last thing is I just think it's tough because like we always look at this from the TV viewer perspective and we think, well, if he knew he was getting votes, why didn't he just give it back? Why didn't they just give it to somebody else? Like that's like, I think we don't realize sometimes like they, they, you lose track of time out there. You don't know when you're going to get put into lockdown. I mean, technically when the sun's setting, you know, you're going to go to tribal council, but it's like you uh, don't have all the time in the world and you maybe lose track of time. And I feel like it just may have been too late, too last minutes. I mean, according to Dwight, he didn't see Sammy talking to Cassidy and uh, James until like five minutes before they left. So in his mind, even before Sammy went over there, he was like, all right, I have the votes here regardless. It's just, just going to be the four Cocos. So I think that if, if he had the knowledge, he either would have played the idol for himself or he would have given it back to Janine. But I feel like, it was just way too last minutes. So it's, it's, it's very interesting though. Very interesting. 
And I almost feel like uh, while I said that, okay, it, when, when, when I said earlier that it might end up being easier for James to successfully use it if um, people are more hesitant to trade now, right? Mm-hmm. That is true, but also like <laughs> James is going to have the biggest target the rest of until until he either gets rid of this advantage or theoretically um, he's out of the game, right? Then he's not then he's not there anymore. So so there's nothing to target. But I actually think that it's possible. It would be wise to almost this. This is going to sound dumb, but I really think it's true. If he success, if he successfully uses the the knowledge's power, let's just say at final eleven or final ten, there's still yeah. 11 or, there's still eleven or ten people left. Okay, let's say he successfully uses it, he gets the idol. Then what? He's going to be targeted anyway. Like he's going to have to use the idol probably very soon after that, and then he's just vulnerable again, right? I almost feel like it would be beneficial to him to just either just say he's not using it and just burn the advantage or just purposely use it incorrectly and just show people and try to make yourself less of a target. Because right now the target is just so big. I don't, I don't see how he's going to avoid how I don't see how he's going to get rid of this target at this point. Like he's in big trouble. I just find it interesting because I mean, I, I, still, I still feel like he has a decent shot to win. Obviously, I think Carla's in the best spot. I think Jesse kind of gave her a bit more power tonight um, by strategizing with her and kind of taking out someone who I think Dwight maybe would have went for Jesse down the road, but I don't think it was going to happen anytime soon. So I think that give, gave Carla more power. I still think Jesse's in a good spot, though. Um, but I feel like James could still do well because he is aligned with Carla and they are in a, in a good spot, Coco is, because now... Because again, it was going to be the blue and the uh, Baca and Bessie versus Coco, but now that yellow took a shot at each other last week and red took a shot at each other this week, I mean, it seems like the blue team, as long as they just stick together and they let blue and yellow just keep being chaotic, maybe that could help them out, honestly. Um, oh, you're smiling. What's up? I was smiling because we have a perfect comment here from Jay. He says he said the producers may just put the put the idol knowledge's power back into the game if James just burns it, right? <laughs> right? It'll it'll be put back. It'll be thrown back into the well or thrown under the uh, or thrown under the shelter uh, if James if James gets rid of it. They'll create a new note if it's burned. The producers are just gonna. Keep, I I sent you that meme earlier of Jeff, but it's like the producers are gonna just keep putting this back in until it works. It's almost like the shot in the dark where it's like. And Grant's a shot in the dark hasn't played a factor at all. I mean, we haven't even heard it like mentioned this season. Whereas, like, we saw it once in 41, saw it a couple times in 42. It's not even being brought up now. I think people just forget they have it. It's so inconsequential. I feel like with that, but especially knowledge's power, they're just going to keep doing it until it works because they're like, we want to see someone taking advantage from someone else. But it's like, and maybe, maybe it would work if people would just stop telling other people about it. I just, I can't believe. It's back. We were talking last week and we were saying how, what is it going to be? What's the, what's the advantage? Is it going to be steal a vote? And we're like, I hope it's not knowledge's power, but it probably is knowledge's power. And it's, I really, I really was, you know, it's funny. Cause I was actually, when I was working last night and mm-hmm. it's funny because like when I, when I don't watch the episode on time, um, I like unfollow all the ca- accounts on Twitter that I would normally like see survivor stuff from. So I don't get, yeah. so I don't know what happens in the episode. <laughs> and I forgot to follow our account. I actually saw you type it. Type oh, no, no, not your, not your fault. My fault. I actually saw the only thing I saw was just from from you was knowledge's power is back, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like saying you're like no. Uh, but yeah, 
that that was funny. But regardless, uh, I cannot believe they really put that back. Come up with some other advantage at this point, and I hope that in season forty-five we don't see this garbage back. I guess what I just don't understand, Dylan, is I mean, I think okay. Last thing, and then we, I know we have to go through the episode chronologically, but I feel like the idea is interesting because if knowledge it's a famous expression is knowledge is power. It's a famous expression. And they always say that in the game of survivor, if you have knowledge, you can do great things with your allies. You can figure out what your enemies have against you, etc. basically. But the whole problem with it is that someone's not allowed to lie. And in the game of survivor, that's about deceit and manipulation, handcuffing somebody so they can't lie at all is terrible. If they wanted to fix knowledge is power, which I, one just, just to get rid of it entirely, you can fix it by I'm spitballing here, so stop me if it sounds terrible. If I know Cody has an idol, if I say, Cody, do you have an idol? Maybe I get an idol myself. Or maybe I or maybe if Cody has an idol, I it gets blocked for one vote. Something like that. But the fact that you can just say to somebody, Do you have an idol? And they and they are forced to tell you the truth, and you just can take it from them and then use it. I just think that's so overpowered. Yeah. You want to have it, you got to tweak it like one of those two ways, or just get rid of it. Yeah, it's crazy. But well, let's go. Let's go through the episode chronologically because I think we do have a lot of other stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of jump right into the episode here with Janine kind of doing damage control after she was left out of the vote. Uh, Ellie voted out, and everyone is basically telling her that she's okay. Um, I thought she did a pretty good job here of making, making, um, you know, doing damage control and possibly making other relationships with other players. She seems like she'll, she was going to be in a good situation and now she has her idol taken away from her. <laughs> so, or I should say, I don't even want to use the words taken away because it sounds like knowledge is power, but she has her idol, uh, gone now because of Dwight. Uh, so that's unfortunate, but yeah, I think, you know, that was, that was good. And then we have tree and this is what I really want to talk about. But Tremel comes in and it says that the players have to pair up for the challenge, the immunity challenge. Um, this was a wrinkle that we have never seen before. And honestly, I liked it a lot. <laughs> I think that the way that they did it was like uh, anticlimactic by just by drawing rocks. Like I, I think the producers wanted some kind of big argument and f- like arguments to break out um, and like strategy to happen. But they were like, no one wanted to do any strategy no one wanted to pick their partner they were all just like i don't want to ru- rustle ruff, ruffle any fev- feathers we're just gonna draw rocks i mean you would think the producers were like oh my god this is such a chaotic cast this is like another version of gabon they're just gonna be chaotic and say like no i, w- I want ryan no i want cody well i want uh sammy etc and they all to their credit did the smart thing which is drawing rocks because it it strategically is a good thing where you outwardly avoid declaring who you want to partner with. Um, I will say one more thing about this, Dylan, before we get to the challenge is that I am very happy that, that, that this was, I'm very happy that currently it was used where there was no main group target. And what I mean by that is I would be a little upset if like, let's just pretend this is worlds apart, right? With like Mike Holloway and people are like, okay, well, if I get paired with Mike, I'm going to throw the challenge so he can't win immunity. So imagine if Mike doesn't win uh, his season because it's final. Again, I know this is a made-up scenario, but it's final eight, final six. Mike no longer has his idol. And the person who he's paired with, like uh, Shireen or 
Carolyn, whoever says, well, we don't want Mike to win because Mike is the guy that we're all gunning for. Let me just throw this challenge so that way he has no shot at immunity. And I think I think people would have been very upset about that if someone could get like tanked in that way by somebody else where you had no impact over it. So at least it was utilized in a, in a um, moment in the season, final 12, where even though going into the vote, Ryan or James were on the hot seat, like nobody got actively screwed by this, which I think is fine. That's a great that's a great point. I think you could only do this like right after the merge where there's no immunity challenge beast because otherwise you're just going to get sabotage. That's as simple as that. Um, or, or, or like a more recent example, like like a Rick Devins, like, like if people tank, yes. if, if people tank the challenge so they could just vote out Rick, basically. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the pairs that we had were Jesse and Janine, Carla Cassidy, Owen Gabler, Ryan and James. Cody and Dwight, Noel and Sammy. I thought it was pretty interesting that four of these pairs were on, were amongst like tribal lines. Like, right. It was like, I, I, I that was interesting, even though they drew rocks. Right. So Carla Cassidy from the same tribe, uh, Owen and Gabler from the same tribe, Ryan and James from the same tribe, Cody and Dwight from the same tribe. That was interesting. I also thought, now let's get into the challenge aspect of it. This, in my opinion, was one of the, maybe the best challenge since season 40, I think best challenge of the new era in terms of like strictly challenge entertainment. Now I know you have some criticisms of it, but like, I think that in terms of the actual challenge, I think it was the best in the new era. Yeah. So I'll I'll break it up into two portions, Uh, the challenge design itself and then how it was portrayed on TV because the challenge design, you're right. It was an amazing challenge. The fact that we had, this rope tunnel, which by the way, Dylan, this may have been one of the most horrifying things I've seen in Survivor. That that looked scary and it looked horrifying to be stuck in a very tight net where it's covered in mud and it gets only probably stickier and trickier as you spin in it and the mud gets kind of clumped in there. Like at the end there, Noel and Janine couldn't even move. Like, I, I, like that is terrible, especially if you have a claustrophobia like that, it's got to be terrifying. So that was pretty cool, but scary. Then the the bridge with the planks was always fun to watch, especially when you see Carl just like drop at the end and you see uh, Ryan and James drop their planks. And then it ends with a classic challenge where they had to hold up the bucket with like just their wrists, which we've seen a couple times. So you're right. The design of the challenge was great, but it was how it was shown on TV and how much of the episode it took up was a whole separate issue. Yeah. I mean, personally, I didn't mind it that much. I think that they could have cut out a little bit and then this way we could have figured out some details that we didn't know about um for example the gabler carla secret scene could have been in there which we could talk about that a little bit later but that missed it um we could we could have been maybe led on of how owen and gabler keep voting uh not owen and gabler owen and sammy keep voting separately despite them seemingly being together i still think they are together but they keep voting separately we could have had some of those unanswered questions explained to us and instead we got the challenge extra long i I still liked it. I think if they had to cut out from it, they could have cut out a lot of the motivational stuff in the yeah. middle of it. So like, for example, I have been adamant on this podcast, how amazing Noelle is. She's incredible. The fact that she's even doing this, these challenges is unbelievable. Um, I think they could have cut it off right after like uh, the moment between her and Sammy. I don't think they needed to make like a whole like, all right, let's circle around and talk for like five minutes after in between the, the middle of the challenge, right? I think we like got enough from them helping her out. They could have just cut it off right after that. Um, instead of like Jeff talking to them for like 
for like three minutes. That that wasted that wasted like a good three minutes, right? Um, yeah. If you if you want to talk before I continue, it was Dylan. It was just so long because we got to the challenge, and I again I, I know we both like the challenges, but I also want to see a lot of the camp life, especially with the secret scenes and whatnot. But we got to the challenge at eight ten. We didn't get back to camp until at least eight thirty five, maybe eight forty. It took so much of the episode. And not only did, was it, did it take a long time with the whole Noel and Sammy thing, then we went to commercial, had to come back from commercial, re-explain how the rest of the challenge worked in case people forgot within five minutes how the challenge worked, and then had to go through a whole motivational thing. Cody saying I have to avenge my high school wrestling loss and Gabler sharing a million things and like, oh, my family inspires me. Oh, but Noel inspires me. Too. Like it, it took so long. And I think you're right, where it was a cool challenge. The twist of pairs was a new fun twist. I would have just preferred it took up much less of the uh, episode. Yeah, I think that's fair. But while I think that what you're saying is fair and true as well, I also think that the Gabler stuff later in this challenge was like amazing stuff. This it was literally like everyone was tweeting it, and it was the obvious comparison. But this was this was Christian in season 37 winning the challenge. Like this is what yeah. it was. And I think that's why they they focus so much on it. Another thing is like, and I, I've heard some people talking about this, but I thought that this was um, a good way to like, you know, show a little bit of backstory. And again, we've been talking about how, you know, we don't love the backstories. Uh, I, I, I usually, I don't mind it, but it was like, they went very, very, very overboard with it at the very beginning. And now it's been a few weeks off. This was like, we kind of got a backstory while like he was saying it out loud at the challenge. So like, it made sense to kind of tell us the backstory, I think. But then we got back to camp and then they gave us the backstory. again. Right, so right. I feel like we, we had two or three weeks off from it. And I was like, Oh my God, this is like classic survivor. Last week was great. Lindsay's vote was great. And then we kind of just went a little bit back into it. So I, I see your point. I think in some ways it was good, but in some ways it could have been different. I feel like. Yeah, I, I thought it was a great moment. Obviously, I, I, I again, I mean, I don't want to count him out, but that's probably that's going to be probably Gabler's like big moment of the season. Um, I, I thought that was awesome to see. And it was a cool like, um, you know, like he was being dragged around by Ellie and a lot of people were like not treating him well. And for him to like recover like that. And like, I think he definitely gained a lot of respect from everybody else out there after doing that challenge. I mean, doing that challenge for 39 minutes and beating Cody, who's younger than you, uh, a lot younger than you, and you're 51 years old, that that was impressive. So hats off to Gabler for that. I mean, it's tough. I mean, again, I'm not sure how much Gabler weighs, but it's like it, it's 25. I'm just doing some math for myself. Like it's 25% of your body weight. So, I mean, especially when you have no food and you're on very little sleep out there, these challenges are hard enough themselves. But for you to hold, like you just said, with only your wrists, so you're not like lifting like a like a, a free weight, like you're literally holding onto this a metal pole in the hot sun with your wrists, but it's 25% of your body weight. So, so it, that's like that's really brutal. So I have to, I have to, even though I we give Gabler a lot of flack, I have to give him credit for not just winning, but you know, doing it for like 39, whatever, however many minutes it was. Yeah, yeah. And let's I think now is like the perfect time. Let's talk quickly about the secret scene that came out today and actually Carla tweeted it out, right? This is a question that we, that this is the second straight week we've been as, asking it and it hasn't been answered because I said on this podcast, I believe I said it two weeks ago. I said, theoretically at the merge, it should be so easy for everybody to figure out 
who has the idol on blue, uh, right? Even though that Carla didn't tell anyone, they get that the you know the other people in the other tribes could go up to them and say, "Oh, this is how you get the idol." Um, who gave you the who who do you give the beads to, right? And it would have been easy. Now we find out from the secret scene between Carla and get Carla and Gabler that apparently uh Carla spun it that Lindsay was the one that was collecting beads and Lindsay got voted out with an idol in her pocket which I thought was very interesting right the only way that this works in my opinion is if Lindsay was actually also collecting beads so she she must have been like I, I think Carla explained in her confessional that like Lindsay was like doing a bunch of stuff with the beads throughout the time in the game so if she actually happened to be working with beads a lot then that was a genius move because right it was like now everyone on blue is going to be like oh yeah Lindsay was working with beads a lot it makes sense right I think this is genius I I'm waiting you would think that this would be explained right because like nobody knows Carla has the idol at least we don't think um you would think that they would tell us why and meanwhile we have to go to twitter to to see that 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 scene it was it was pretty crazy i'm shocked that they did not put that in last night i mean this is just criminal i mean i mean, I mean this almost feels like like malpractice i i feel like how do you not include the scene i don't know if carla is our winner or if she's not our winner maybe she's like the final four boss or whatever but how do you have a character who is in a great position like carla who is one of the narrators of the season, like Jesse is, or you can argue even Sammy's kind of like a narrator too. But how do you have somebody who's a big player in the game and not show this moment that answers questions that you and I were asking weeks ago? To your credit, you asked this question a few weeks ago, and it makes perfect sense. Carla did the right strategic thing. She put the blame on somebody who can't defend themselves in Lindsay because they're no longer there. And like you said, if there's any truth to this, if there's any truth that Lindsay did arts and crafts or Lindsay did anything with the beads, all she has to do if James, Cassidy, or Ryan hear about this is just say, yeah, you remember she had the beads? I mean, like, she told me before tribal that she was, like, making a necklace, whatever. Like, it's so easy to put the blame onto Lindsay. Now, Gabler's going to go back and tell Janine and Sammy and, and uh, Owen, like, oh, um, you know how Janine had lost her idol or how Cody has his beat idol? Well, Lindsay had theirs and it went out. So, so it's so genius, and I can't believe they didn't show this. And I feel like this season, Dylan – before we continue with the rest of the um, episode, the editing and people are saying this on Twitter, the editing just feels a little bit off and they're not sure what it is. Like 41, we got on their case because the editing wasn't great and we didn't know how Erica won. Last season with 42 was a, a lot better with the editing. This almost feels like in the middle where there are some things that are really good, but there are things that just don't make sense. Like Dwight's thing felt like a very last minute thing. We never saw how Cody was gunning for Dwight from the beginning. Uh, even though Cody and Noel, sorry, even though Dwight and Noel were close after the Justine vote, apparently they were besties from day one and people saw how close they were, which is another reason why they wanted to split them up. There's a lot of stuff that's not explained and even things that I think can matter. Like, for example, we, I, we, I've now seen two secret scenes of Ryan being Roxroy, where Ryan just goes out and fishes. He does camp stuff. He isolates himself. And I'm not saying that's going to set Ryan up for like a final three goat or whatever, but like we're not, we're missing a lot of key moments that might explain things. Like if Ryan gets voted out next week, I'm now that I've seen the secret scenes, I'm not going to say, oh, the show's telling me it's because Ryan's a physical threat because Ryan hasn't won anything yet. In fact, Ryan's lost some stuff for them, but it's more so that Ryan just isolates himself completely from the group. So I feel like we're missing key things that they're relegating to secret scenes. So my guess on this of why last season was more clean 
is simply the fact that I do think that the, the like this cast is a mess in terms of strategy and and they're all over the place, right? So I think it's probably harder for them to edit it coherently. Whereas last season felt like a much more cleaner, uh, clean cut strategy uh, that was easier to follow. That's my that's my takeaway of why it's probably not edited well as well. It's also just still inexcusable to leave out the person who is playing the best strategic game right now and the reason why nobody knows she has an idol still, despite the fact that the information of how to get the idol is out there and everyone should be able to connect the dots, right? So, look, uh, I think that that's probably the reason why the editing's off, but I do think that uh, they still should have shown that scene, and that's inexcusable. And I and I just feel like, and even if even if somebody was, like, for example, even if somebody was to defend it and be like, "Yeah, it's not that bad." I mean, like maybe, maybe we'll see, we'll see Carla doing more stuff later. It's, and and in the end, you could argue if it doesn't end up having an impact on the season at all, then what does it matter anyway? Even though I think it all it all should matter, and this yeah, is why, yeah, and this is why I think Dalton Ross. I forgot what he said, but Dalton Ross did ask Jeff, like, "Have you considered having ninety minute episodes all the time so we get more of this content?" Um, but I feel like again. If you go back to the beginning of the season, we've had moments like this, Dylan, where we've said on the podcast, we're not sure why things happened like they were. Like they claim Mar- Mariah was voted out because she was the, the weakest link when she wasn't the weakest link. And and then and then ironically, Ellie saves Gabler and Gabler's the one who takes her out. I, I feel like there's a lot of things that just aren't explained enough, but I'm hoping that more pieces are filled in as we go along. Yep, I, I do agree with that. All right, so to keep going on with the episode, um, and we, we already spoke so much about the vote, but uh, and, and about the knowledge of power, so I almost feel like we don't need to re-go over a lot of this stuff. Um, we can kind of just break down like the alliances and, and the way the votes went again. So the seven oh. votes for uh, the seven votes for Dwight, Cassidy, James, Jesse, Cody, Carla, Ryan, and Sammy. So it's all of Coco. James, uh, no, all of Coco, Cody, and Jesse, which we saw them flip, and then Sammy, right? So again, this is this is one of the big gaps in editing, right? We've been speaking on this podcast about what is going on with Owen and Sammy, and why is Sammy always on the right side of the votes and Owen is not. Last week we thought it was like a, a purposeful thing, um, with Owen like possibly splitting, um, but we never found out this episode. And then once again, it happens right here. So I would like that to be explained next episode, but yeah, Sammy on the right side of the votes again, Owen on the wrong side of the votes again is him, Janine and Gabler vote for Ryan. And then the votes for James, only two of them, Dwight and Noel. Yeah. And I think, and, and obviously people always talk about perfect voting records and who votes for the right person. And I feel like we always talk about as long as you're voting for somebody that goes home or you're voting you're basically throwing a hinky vote, but you know who's going home, like you're in on the plan. I think then that's fine. Like, for example, I'm not going to say last week Carla didn't vote correctly because she voted for Owen because she only voted for Owen in case Ellie Janine played her idol on Ellie and they did that as like a security blanket. So that's where it makes sense. Where you're saying, and I agree with you, it doesn't make sense is we don't figure out, but if Owen and Sammy are portrayed as pretty close, like why... They're not voting together. And at least this week, we had to find out from Dwight and Egg's interviews. It's because Sammy, we still don't know why, went to Cassidy and James and wanted to vote with them. And he couldn't get Owen to change his vote in time. So I feel like it's just a lot of interesting things here. Um, I think one other thing I, I want to mention about the pre-tribal scrambling 
is this is now the second week in a row that we've seen someone get a target on their back in Noel who's throwing names out there. Now, I think we've talked about on this podcast in the new era, can the best player win or can the most aggressive player win? And we, and we've said that maybe not because, you know, if you play too hard, like your shans, your highs, your omers, like you're, you're going to get knocked off, but yet, but you can still play a strong game like Carla and Jesse, but just be more low key about it. And I think Dylan, the key thing here that I'm noticing is that it's who's throwing out the most names. Cause last week Ellie went home, not just because she went through Gabler's bag, but because she threw out James's name and then she threw out Cody as the backup. And I don't even, and I don't even think Dylan, it's a new school thing. I think this is things that were happening see, even before the new era. Like if you remember back in game changers, the first person gone was Sierra because she was throwing out names and Malcolm was like, Sierra's throwing out names on day two. Like she, she's got to go. So like, I think in survivor, like if we ever play or someone that we know, know ever plays, it's like, Obviously, you have to say names at some point. You just you can never just not say names and just be carried along. But it's about who you say it to and how often you're pushing it. Because it sounds like the main reason Dwight went home tonight was because Noel was being very pushy in terms of James has to go. And then uh, Cody and Jesse were like, maybe Noel should go. Ah, you know what? Let's get out Dwight to weaken her. I, I wonder if they were just so nervous about Noel why not just vote out Noel? I, I don't know. I don't right. Know. That, that, that's the thing is like, all right, you're, you're flipping anyway. Right. So why are we weakening Noel and not just taking her out of the game? Right. They, <clears throat> there had to be a lot more with Dwight that we didn't see. And he kind of alluded, he kind of set, talked about it in his exit press um, in terms of like them seeing him as a big threat as well. And we just didn't get a lot from him. Yeah. I mean, I think what we didn't see was, from day one or two, Cody calling Dwight to his face and to other people like a mastermind, like a strategist. He goes over to the camp raid. He tells all of Coco that Dwight's the strategist. So right away, Dwight came into the merge in a very precarious position. Um, and yeah, I, I've never understood that. I understand when someone has an idol or, or immunity, you want to take out their closest ally to weaken them. That makes sense. But when you can vote out Noel, I don't understand why you don't just do it. Um, I will give Jesse some credit though. Uh, Dylan, because whether or not it was the right move for Cody and Jesse to flip, and we'll see if it really hurts them next week. Jesse obviously knows the game very well. Jesse knows voting strategies. He clearly has a good mind for the game. And I say that because if you caught what he said in confessional, he's like, I would prefer Noel go, but I want Cody to feel like he has some agency in the game. And if he feels like he has a big enough say, then that's good for me because then he won't want to turn against me or maybe we can work together or people will go after him instead of me. It's kind of like in Sam Wandel's story when Missy used, used to talk about like, you know, getting in the back seat, letting someone else drive. Like it's like, you don't need to be the one driving the car, but you need to be the one in the passenger seat or the back telling them where to go. So it's like, I think with Jesse, it's a, it's a good thing that he was like, I think if Jesse wanted Noel gone, he would have made it happen. But I think because Cody was like, nah, I want, I want Dwight gone. I think Jesse was like, all right, let him think he has some agency. Yeah. I, I think if you're, if you're going to, it's almost like if you're going to flip, uh, make sure that you don't look, Jesse's going to be looked at as one of the people that flipped anyway, but don't make it seem like it was maybe your idea to flip. I, I guess that's, that's the, that's the less I will, we'll see how, we'll see how it plays out. Um, I still don't think it was a good move. I think it was too soon. You're at the final 12. You could have wrote out the Vessi strong thing for a little bit longer, and then you could have made your moves. Um, 
yeah, I that that's pretty much what I think. Um, anything else that we want to talk about from this episode? I don't think so. I, I, I think if people want to start submitting questions or other comments, we can start getting to them. I, I think, I mean, the main thing that we covered was the pairs, the challenge itself, the scrambling before tribal monologist power, and then the, how the votes broke down and some of the other things. I got to say, though, by the way, as people get their questions in, I feel bad for Dwight. To, to, I feel like it's almost not fair to have to earn the merge and then you make the merge and you don't make the jury. Because I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've never, I've, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I missed that part. I didn't know until I started like reading stuff and looking and listening to other podcasts last night uh, that he was not on the jury. Did he say that after? After he like how did how was that? So so people knew it because obviously when Jeff says seventh person voted out, you listen for if he says uh, and the first member of our right, jury. So, right, so right, he didn't right. so he didn't say it. And then in the in his exit interview with Rob Dwight said like I, I don't know if the producers told them like he knew that day fourteen when he left. He knew, like, they knew that the final 12 was the last vote before wow. jury started. So, so he knew that, that, which kind of sucks for him. I can't believe you have to earn the merge now because it's, it's bad enough back in the day, like with Corinne and with other people, that you make the merge. If you make the merge, you should make the jury, I feel like. It's bad enough that people who make the merge don't make the jury sometimes. It's even worse to have to earn the merge and then you still don't make the jury. Like, that to me just is so unfair. For, for a fan like Dwight, that, that sucks so much. Yep. Yeah, no, I do. I do. I do agree with that for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, and obviously Dwight is like, you know, he, he was very into the show. He was, I think he was better than maybe he was portrayed as like clearly Cody thought he was really smart. Right. So look, shout out to white. Uh, it sucks that he was taken out that way. Um, right before that's, that's very unfortunate, <laughs> but, uh, I go to our first question here. Um, yeah. we have from Brookhart underscore PSU. Um, I got hardcore Christian Hibiki vibes from Gabler during the immunity challenge. That's like we said. Uh, if you were playing Survivor, what strategy would you use to distract yourself from the pain? Um, my answer to this question is that I would be terrible at the challenge from last night because I do not have the forearm strength that they do. Um, but if we were doing another challenge and I had to distract myself from pain, I don't know what I would do. I, f I would feel like I definitely would not be vocal, right? That's just not who I am. I feel like I would just try to like, I would try to just do something in my own head and think about something else. Uh, I don't know if I would be telling stories or, or stuff like that. That doesn't seem like something I would do, but I'm curious what you say to this, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, I echo your sentiments where uh, if I know my strengths and if I, if I know my strengths in survivor, it's something that's either physical or a puzzle. I, I'm not a, I'm not, endurance is not for me. Like, if there's a challenge that has to last more than 20 minutes, I, I'm not going to do well in it. So I, already I, I would be in a bad spot. To, to distract myself, I feel like my first answer would be I would want to maybe stare at something that's not moving. Because I was always taught when we were, we were younger, if you're balancing on, on like one leg or on one foot, in order to not like keep wobbling, if you – like for example, if I, if I were to look at like your Penn State symbol behind you – if you look at something still and it doesn't move, it kind of keeps your body in more in equilibrium. So I feel like I would want to stare at something, but you can make the argument that without food, water, or sleep, you might get, get like lightheaded and like pass out from it. So if I wasn't going to look at something still, I would maybe try to make some conversation just to get my mind away from what I'm doing. 
look, maybe it's something that I learn. I learn myself from these guys. Uh, and if I'm ever out there, then, uh, <laughs> then mm-hmm. I could, uh, that I could do what they do. But we have another question here from fire tie 15. He says, do you think that everyone's going to give back the advantages swapped around to prevent James from stealing one? Uh, for example, Owen with Noel's steal a vote and Jesse with Cody's idol. So I think he like, do you, I guess I look, we, we kind of already spoke about this. I think that ultimately everybody who originally had the advantages is going to get their advantages back. And then I think that they're going to be very, very, at least very, very careful of who they're giving it to next. I think this time there was not a lot of thought that was given into it. It was just like, let's just give it to somebody that we trust to give it back. Whereas Mm -hmm. they actually have to think like, they got to think about it and say, if this person has a chance to go home, I cannot be giving my advantage to them. Yeah, I think we could see a couple different things here. Because in the end, the only thing that we know that James is aware of is, I think, Cody's idol. I don't think he knew about – he doesn't know about Carla's idol, and I don't think he knows about Noel's seal of votes unless, unless Dwight or Noel told James about it, which I, I doubt. So the only thing that James can steal, I think, is, like, one thing. So it's not like he has a, a lot to pick and choose from. I do think we could see people giving their advantages back. So that way, like if Janine goes back to her alliance and says, I just lost my thing, people are going to start quickly giving their stuff back. However, you also could see a scenario where next week people might just start using stuff just to like burn it. So that way James can't steal it. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's I don't like the way knowledge of power is just altering the entire game, even from just being out there, which is ridiculous. But we got another question here. Um, let's see. Um, we got from Andrew here. He says, uh, please comment. Gabler said he was going to quote unquote go underwater, but didn't. He put a huge target on his back with his immunity banter and that ridiculous victory. Um, I would say that because of who Gabler is, that there's still not a big target on him. Right. I don't think that you could rely on Gabler to go on a huge immunity run. Maybe I'm wrong. If Gabler somehow goes on a huge immunity run, that would be that would be very shocking to me. I don't think he. I mean, we're talking about a guy who was remember the like literally like the second episode they were talking about how he was so tired and had to lay in the shelter all day and like couldn't move because he was so tired. If this guy goes on an immunity run, that would be one of the more improbable immunity runs in Survivor history. So no, I don't think there's a target on his back, especially given the fact that he has the reputation of being a loose ca- loose cannon. If he has a target on his back, it's because he's a loose cannon and not because he's a challenge beast, at least for now. He calls himself the Alligabler. Um, I, I mean, listen, I mean, this is something that we've seen from Gabler since the first episode. I mean, in case people forgot, the man had an idol to use for the first two tribal councils where he loses the challenge and instead of using his idol, says to the group, I'm not going to play it. I'm going to play my shot in the dark if you want to vote for me and I'll see what happens. And he's all, and he's only still here ironically because Ellie chose to save him because they could have easily taken him out with his idol. So am I surprised that Gabler went underwater and then won immunity? No, I'm not. This is who Gabler is. Gabler is somebody who is like all or nothing. Basically he's either doing nothing or is doing way too much. And I feel like Gabler is somebody who, and we've talked about this before, like is Gabler go, like how far will Gabler go? And I feel like, um, uh, what's it called? I feel like there's different thresholds. Like if, like if Gabler survived the pre-merge, you, I, sa- I said like you can pencil him in to do pretty well. And I feel like now in the early merge, because he's kind of 
been a little bit messy. I feel like if he survives until final, like final nine or eight, if he survives the next couple votes, I think you pencil, pencil him in for the finale. I'm not saying he'll be like the final three goats, but I think if he survives another week or two, pencil him in for final five, because once a player like that passes a certain threshold, you can just slate them for later. Cause it's like, why would you, why would you want to waste a vote getting rid of Gabler when the tribe thinks that Jesse's a threat? They think Ryan's a threat. Well, yeah. Uh, my take on it is that you could still vote out Gabler uh, because you don't want him blowing up your game. So if you're Owen and you're describing him as a loose cannon, you don't want, uh, you don't want on the off chance Gabler just having some crazy vendetta against you. Like he did again, like he did against Ellie. And even though maybe it's not, maybe, maybe Gabler shouldn't be that mad at somebody, but once he does get that mad at somebody, he's going to be going all out to get them out. And I think that him just being a loose cannon, like you don't want to, you don't want a guy who could possibly blow up your game in the game. Right. So I think that he, I don't think he's a lock for final three. If he gets past a certain point, I think it depends on his character and how, how he acts the next few episodes. I agree. Uh, we had another question from Ohio state for the win. Uh, just saw the stream was on. Uh, do you think Janine actually got the idol back from Dwight and we will see a flashback next episode? Not sure if someone already asked. So we talked about this earlier. It was confirmed by Dwight and by Dalton Ross that Dwight went home with Janine's idol in his pocket. And the reason is because once Jeff starts reading the votes, they can no longer pass things back and forth or get up or talk. Like once he says, now's your time to do so, that's your last call. So uh, even though people were speculating, oh, is there a chance that Janine got it back? She never got it back. So the idol is dead. And I think because it's tied to the whole beat stuff, I don't think it's going to get replanted. Oh, wait, whoops. Uh, <laughs> we, I mean, at the same time, we both yeah, we clicked it at the same time. All right. Uh, we have a question here from Jay. He says, do you guys think that if knowledge's power fails this season going forward, they're going to maybe force the holder of the knowledge's power to not tell somebody about it or else it becomes null and void and it will lose his power? Well, I think that that's like, so people like, like you were saying, uh, Ryan, you and me, we have a problem that you quote unquote can't lie. Cause like survivors all about like, not, you know, it, there's lies told in survivor like every minute. Right. So like to tell somebody you can't lie, it just feels like it, like breaking the system a little bit and like having too much control over the game. Now, if you take that a step further and tell people that they can't tell anyone about it, now it's like, you're really, really forcing it. Right. Look, the knowledge of power should not be a thing in season 45. Um, and if it truly fails in 43, then it shouldn't even be a thing in 44. I know that, you know, obviously they didn't have, they didn't have time to, uh, they didn't have a lot of time between seasons, but like, if you see that it fails for a third straight time, the fact that they would even put it in 44 is mind boggling. We obviously don't know what the result is of knowledge of power in this season, but who knows what happens with it. I say just get rid of it, even if it works this season. It's ridiculous. It's forcing people to throw advantages around. It's forcing people to lose advantages, and that's just not – and lose advantages in terms of just, like, flush them out of the game, not, like, give it to somebody else. So I think it's a big problem. I mean, look, burn it, throw it in the ocean, do whatever. Um, all, all I'm going to say that you, uh, you already covered it, Dylan. It's not great, and it would be even worse if they forced people not to talk about it. Um, that's where you get into Big Brother territory because that's where in Big Brother they want to see twists and stuff used. So they say to the people, you cannot tell anyone about this. If you tell someone about this, it is now gone, and we take it away from you. And that just basically forces people to make sure these twists happen. So no, it's bad enough that people can't lie, but if they start saying this to uh, – 
John Smith next season, you get this, you can't you tell anyone about it, then they're just forcing it to happen. So, All right. Um, we have a question from Jay here again. He says, also, do you guys think that Janine's idol will be rehidden since it left the game without being played just like they did Gio's knowledge of power? And my answer to that will be if Gio's knowledge of power was rehidden, yes, the idol will be rehidden. See, here's the question, though. I think, wait, if the question is, can an, an idol be rehidden? I think it can. The only thing is that it can't be, this one can't come back because it's tied to the beads. So I don't think this one specifically would come back. And I also am trying to, what's up? I, I, yeah, I don't, I mean, because it's the beads, I don't think it would be specific. I think that an idol will be rehidden, possibly. Well, I, I'm, I'm trying to think in seasons 41 and 42, when we had the Seeker Phrases idols, once like uh, Nasir left or once, uh, once, um, well, Marianne and Mike both made final three. Who had the other one last season? That was, um, what's that again? Part. Who had it last season? It was Mike, Marianne, and who else had the, the freaking phrases that I didn't like. Um, um, oh, Drea. Like, like basically, I don't. I think once an idol left, I don't think in the new era they've rehidden it. But I could be. I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. Um. So Ohio State for the win wants to know: Do you guys know who is the previous record holder uh, of twenty five minutes for the final part of that immunity challenge? It was Im- impressive that Gabler and Cody shattered that record. I was trying to figure it out. I don't know who it was. Do you know who it was? I, I only have one of two guesses because I've only seen this challenge twice that I can remember in Philippines and in Worlds Apart. And uh, Mike won that in Worlds Apart. And then I think Carter won it in Philippines. So it's either Carter or it's Mike. It's one of the two. That sounds correct. Um, all right. I think that's all we got. Oh, for- actually, I think Jay just answered your question. So I forgot just because there's too much to remember that Marianne did find an idol again after playing her in the final 10. So I stand corrected that in the new era, idols can be rehidden as the producer see fit. So yes, Dylan, you're right, that there's a chance that if Knowledge's power came back, Janine's idol may come back in some other form. Yeah, I think so. All right, but uh, I think that's all we got for tonight. Um, great podcast. Ryan, uh, I'm excited to you know be back every Thursday. Uh, it'll be Thursday again next week, probably around 7 o'clock again. Um, if anything changes, we'll let you guys know. Um, and yeah, uh, anything else you have to add? I, I don't think I have anything else, but I'm looking forward to the rest of the season for sure. Yeah. I'll, all I'll say to end off is that I'm still enjoying the season. Um, obviously we're kind of nitpicking at times, um, kind of just figuring out, you know, what could be tweaked for the future of the show. But I feel like overall the seasons are, it's still a good season so far. Some weird editing choices, but I am still enjoying it for sure. All right. All right. So uh, grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night.